This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 242. For the most part, I always tell people this compared to having 70 employees, real estate is a piece of cake. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I can do that with my eyes closed. It, it's easy. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, here with my disobedient co-host, Disobedient, Mister Mr. Brandon Turner. <laughs> That's a weird phrase to use. Like, am I like your your kid now? Like, I don't know. Go to your room. Like no. There. You're like mocking me as I'm doing my intro outro. I was pretty disobedient. Yeah, that's the wrong you. word. But what are you? What are? You what was it? That was just me. You want to lean over? You can grab a paddle, spank me. And that, that, was, that was just me. You're not a not a not a nice person sometimes, Brandon. That's that's what like they for, say. for any of you guys who want to know what just went down. You know, go to YouTube and check out the Bigger Pockets channel at YouTube.com/slash Bigger Pocket Bigger Pockets and bigger check pockets. out the show. I have a bigger, bigger, pocket. bigger, bigger pockets. Speaking of that, speaking of bigger now pockets. Now you're making fun of how I speak. Uh, and how, of, wow, been, it just continues. <laughs> I've been working through Parks and Recs, the show Parks and Rec, which is an amazing show. And I'm almost done with it. I'm in the last season and one of the last episodes. Anyway, there's a scene in there where one of the guys says something about, you argue about everything. You argue about pockets. And she says, well, I think they should be bigger. And I was like, ha, bigger yes. pockets. Yeah. Awesome. Anyway, made me laugh. That's great. Okay. That's great. So yeah. anyway, today's show. Uh-oh. How you doing? Is, I'm doing I'm doing good, but I'm doing better now. I'm actually pretty pumped up because of today's we episode. Just we just yeah, recorded this great. episode, and it was like I would say easily one of my top three favorite shows I've we've ever I guess we've ever talked to. I I don't know. I really got a ton out of today's You're show. Making 200 people feel really bad. I know they're all gonna be like, well, they don't know. They might be in the top three as well. No, but oh, this show, like, like, man, we talk about everything from like using Facebook to get leads for your rental properties to why he owns a limo Hummer, like a 34 foot limo Hummer. It's actually a really, really cool idea. I'm going to start looking for a limo Hummer. And like, I would say it's one of the funniest shows we've done. That's great. And I think one of the most important things about this show for me, and I think for any listener was the idea of why it's, again, this is something we, we continue to talk about is what is your why? Why are you doing this? Yeah, why are you yep. getting into this? How do you do it in a way that helps you build wealth, but also rewards you and makes you feel good and gets you on board? It's it's great. This is a great show for everybody. So definitely tune in. Yeah. But yeah, well, I guess we're not doing any small talk here, Brandon. So <laughs> I'm right in um, But let's, we do need to get to today's quick tip. tip. You want to take it? I will take it. All right. Today's quick tip is very, very, very simple. If you are not following us on Facebook, you should go follow us right now. Like pause the thing right now. Go over to your, on your, you're on your phone anyway, probably. So go to your phone. If you're driving, do this later, but go and follow us and go to facebook.com slash bigger pockets and follow us there. Uh, we just post a lot of cool stuff there all the time. In fact, like our, our channels, uh, Zach runs it. And he's awesome. So anyway, follow us there. Awesome. Very, very good. Very, right. very good. All right, guys, this is show 242 of the bigger pockets podcast. You can check out the show notes at biggerpockets.com slash two, four, two, and I want to ask you guys for a favor, please, please, if you like this show, if you love this show, if you're addicted to this show, go on iTunes, leave us a rating and review, let everybody know how you feel. Those ratings and reviews help us. As of uh, this weekend, I was looking and uh, we were ranked number eight in business. We were ranked like 147 
of all podcasts on iTunes. Fantastic, but we could do better and we need your help. So leave us a rating and review. And if you don't like us, don't do it. No, <laughs> be honest. <laughs> leave, us, leave us an honest review. Yeah, yeah, that'd be really helpful. With that said, With let's that get said. to this thing. Let's right. get to this thing. Today's guest, Josh Randall from... I, I don't know. I can't even find it on a map. Kentucky uh, <laughs> is a successful real estate business. Uh, business still. Oh my God! Wow. A successful wow. real estate investor and business owner who's just got a great philosophy on on how he does things. Good guy, funny, and has tons of great things to share on today's show. So listen up. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The Wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light dock and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Let's bring him on. Josh Randall. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you. Hey, Josh. Hey, Brandon. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this, this should be a lot of fun today, especially since I, I don't, have we ever had a Josh on the show? We must have, but. I think we've had one. We must have maybe had It'll be confusing. Yeah, it's going to huh. be weird. So I'm going to be like, Hey, Josh, you're a good looking guy and you don't know who well, I'm thank talking you. about. Well, I, thank I don't know. You. Was I well, talking? I don't you know. Can, you, could do, you could do JR, which also, which also are my is, initials. Yeah, JR yeah, Dorkin so. and Josh Randall. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. All right. Well, all right. we're going to, we're going to try to min minimize the confusion by just having Josh yeah, Dorkin not talk much. That's I'm just not guy. from <laughs> Kentucky. So the <laughs> listeners will figure it out. Oh yeah. Really quick. <laughs> yeah. That'll, that'll be obvious. So. Yeah. Well, cool. I'm married yeah. to my sister too. You're not married to your sister. <laughs> 
Yeah, baby. That's what I'm talking about. That's a, that's a little, it's a I little weird, I didn't say Josh. it. You said it. You've dishonored our name, but you know. It's, you knew it was coming. You I knew it was coming. I was going to say it. So you just beat me to the punch. It's great. I love it. I love it. All right, man, let's get into this thing. So Josh, you are an active real estate investor with a growing portfolio. Where did this all get started from? What did you do before? How did the idea of real estate come up? How'd you get started? Good question. So I own a printing company. Actually, me and my father uh, own a printing company. My dad started a business in 1984. I became a half owner in 1995. I've been doing it ever since I was 10 years old. I'm 42 now, so 32 years I've been in the printing business. So when I was 31, almost 32, I, at that point, I had been in the business 20 years. And uh, I met a gentleman named Tim Shiner, who you all did a podcast with. Yep. It's actually podcast number 221. Nice. Well, look at you all prepared. Uh, there you go. And so... I was over his house. We went to a Cowboys game. I flew to Dallas. Oh, Cowboys. We, come on. Come on. Big Cowboys fan, uh, man. Got it. Uh, Go Cowboys. Broncos. <laughs> well, we have five Super Bowl rings, but anyways. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was down there and we were just talking about a retirement plan because, you know, being a, uh, an entrepreneur, I, I, I wasn't heavily invested in the stock market. Didn't have it, hardly any investments, actually. And I was just running around like a chicken with my head cut off, trying to grow the business still. And Tim basically gave me some great advice. He said, Josh, 10 years is going to go by whether you own real estate or not. And you'll never buy anything else that somebody else will pay for. And I thought, you know what? That makes good sense. And he was the guy driving around in the black Lamborghini. So I knew he knew what he was talking about. So he literally told me, he said, you know what? He said, it's all about setting goals for yourself and rewarding yourself. He said, you can't work enough hours to get wealthy in what you're doing. And he's right. I mean, it was going to take a yeah. ton of business hours. So he said, you got to leverage yourself off by buying real estate. He said, what's a car that you like? And I said, man, I'm from uh, near Bowling Green, Kentucky, where the Chevy Corvette's made. Everybody likes Corvettes back home. He said- I thought uh, you were going to say like a Pinto or something. You well, know. I like Pintos too. <laughs> But but the Corvette, uh, he, so here's what he said. Go back home, try to find a real estate deal. He said, how much money do you need to make to justify buying a new Corvette? And I said, if I can make 20 to 25 grand in one deal, I'd go buy me a new vet. So I did. I came back home, started looking around for a real estate deal, and I uh, bought this little mini mall. Ended up making about $40,000 on it. So it was my first deal. And wow. I got, got on eBay. Bought me a brand new Chevy bright yellow Corvette convertible <laughs> stick shift. And uh, and I, I bought it to reward myself for doing that. And wow. ever since that day, I realized you can make money in real estate. You yeah. just got to start looking and you got to have a purpose. I, I love, love it. it. Yeah. So your purpose to start was buy the damn vet. I which, bet. What color was it? It's bright yellow. I figured it would be bright yellow. It what other color would you? Yellow. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yep. DB, man. DB. All right. Uh, okay, Josh. So do you, you, I could say that, right? On a uh, yeah. Not. Say what you want. This is your show, man. It's all good. Uh, all right. So you, you, you went and did a real estate deal because you wanted a new Corvette. And by doing so, you proved to yourself that real estate could definitively be a means to an end for you towards not just a vet, but retirement as well. Correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So that first deal was a mini mall. 
right? That's right. Let's, let's never, talk yeah, about that deal. I've never heard a guest saying their first deal was a mini mall. So I'm yeah. So what did that what what did that look like? Like to describe the mini mall. How'd you find it? What'd you pay? What did okay. you do? And how'd you sell it? Obviously, it sounds like you flipped it. So yeah. Um, what'd you do here? So at that time, like I said, I was 31 years old. My dad, that was the only time ever since then, it's been, the mini mall was the only thing I ever went into partnership with somebody on. And that was my dad, right? So we bought it originally for, it was $40,000 and we ended up selling it for- $40,000 for- For the par- the parking lot for for the driveway. Yeah. Now, welcome to small town Central City. Uh, <laughs> the property is not the same as it is everywhere else. As a matter of fact, to change go go a little different direction real quick. The building that I'm in now is twenty two thousand five hundred square feet. It's my printing company, right? Yeah. Gave two hundred forty thousand dollars for it. Now they were asking three hundred forty. I made them a one time offer. Told them that if uh. Basically, I'm going to build something if I don't get a good deal on it. And because uh, I had seven acres and they take it, they took my offer, bought it for 240,000. We put a hundred grand in it. The appraisal is a half a million. Yeah. Uh, but, but you move this building 30 miles north and it's a million. Yeah. Now, uh, so it, you're, you're in, as we like to say, podunk. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. All right. So you played. And, and we, we should talk a little bit about Podunk and investing in Podunk. In fact, Brandon, I think, has a story he wants to share about investing in Podunk, Podunk which he was complaining to me about earlier. But, you know, it's, it's convenient. We got two Podunk guys here, but you paid $40,000 for this thing. Like, what did it include? Like, what was, what was the mall? It was a, um, it used to be like an indoor flea market. Okay. So if you can, it's, it was sectioned off. And in the very back, it actually had like a room set up for somebody like living quarters. And it actually had a, a brick house on, on the property as well that went with it that was about 1,200 square feet. It needed a lot of work, but we bought it mainly for the building. And uh, right off the bat, uh, before I sold it, I got online, found wholesale hot tubs, bought about three tractor trailer loads full of hot tubs, <laughs> which was about 45 units and marked them up $500 each and sold them all within about two months time. Wow. So I actually made $27,000 on that deal as well. In addition to selling the property. So while I had it sitting empty, I was selling hot tubs out of it. So and what, was, was the hot tub thing designed so that somebody could see what it would look like to have stuff in there? Or was it just like, eh, I'm gonna buy some hot tubs and sell some hot tubs. Man, to some I, I just wanted to put something in it that I could sell. Somebody could back up. I'm like, I'm not warranting the hot tubs. You're getting a brand new six thousand dollar hot tub for twenty five hundred bucks. I'd pay two grand for it. So they're saving a lot of money. They'd back up with a trailer. Man, uh, four other guys would load it up into the trailer and they drive off. This is some Kentucky business right here, boy. Yeah, willing and dealing. <laughs> I love it. Hysterical. Awesome. Hysterical. All right. So you paid forty k. Did you do any work to the property? Absolutely nothing. And okay. sold it for one hundred twenty thousand dollars. About. Two, three months later. Wow. Wow. And then how were you able to do that two to three months later? It uh, was worth it. It there you gotta understand there's very little commercial buildings here. Uh yeah, but how'd little. you how'd you get it for forty K then if it was worth a hundred plus? It was a guy that had it. It was an older gentleman who had it for years, it sit empty, and basically I, I'd say it was going downhill, but I mean, he he was just ready to get out from underneath of a lot of different properties that he had. He was actually a retired minister. Uh, oh. So, 
So he was just looking to get and, – and honestly, I didn't even have it appraised. I just bought it. Um, yeah. We went and have to spot it. We knew it was worth more than that. We didn't know yeah. how much more than that. Wow. Right. That's okay, cool. That's so, a cool first deal. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, that's, yeah. that's neat. inspiring. So how did, how did you go from there to, well, let, let's actually fast forward to the end of your, I mean, what have you done total now? And then we'll back up and go through your story. Like, what do okay. you do today? I mean, what's your portfolio like? All right. Well, I work uh, 12, 15 hours a day at my printing business. We have 70 employees. We printed right. $7 million worth of t-shirts last year. That gives you a kind of volume, how much we're going through here. So I'm working my butt off here still, but I enjoy it. But so that tells you how much time I actually have to develop to real estate. And I have 50 houses and 40 apartments. Mm. Uh, and, and people tell me all the time, how do you, how do you manage that much property? Do you have a property manager? Honestly, my wife, uh, she works up front here in the printing company and she keeps the books. People turn receipts. So people walk in a lot of times they pay the rent here and she keeps up with the money. But for the most part, I always tell people this, Compared to having 70 employees, that is a piece real estate is a piece of cake. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, I can do that with my eyes closed. It, it's easy. So I have about nine guys. That's including a painter, uh, maintenance guy, uh, construction guys. And I give them a work order every morning and I give it to one guy and he takes out and takes care of everything that needs to be done. Uh, so that's basically where I'm at. And I'm buying about a house every four to six weeks right now. And being in the small town has its advantages because I'm kind of known as the guy that buys real estate. I tell people up front, look, I don't need it. I'm not living there. I'm your last resort. If you want a good deal? I can write you a check for it. I'll get a title opinion done. As long as there's no liens against it, I'll, I can close on a deal in three to four days. That's yeah. cool. So, so by doing that, I mean, I get a lot of good deals. I, I'm actually in the process of closing one right now. Five bedroom, two story house. You won't believe it. It's got a garage. It's moving ready. 10K. 25,000. <laughs> 25, 25. Wow. Yeah. It, and it'll rent for $650 a month here. Wow. wow. So wow. are you doing marketing? I mean, you got billboards out there and stuff like that? Or is it word of uh, mouth? Or It's all Facebook. Really? Facebook. Facebook. Oh, so. I'm telling you. Um, this is funny because we have what's called for rent in Milbar County, you know, a Facebook page, a group, and there's several groups like that. In this area, we have a lot more renters than homeowners now. Hmm. It, it's just kind of trended that way. Uh, I posted a four bedroom house last night on for sale in Milbar County or for rent Milbar County, and it was rented within an hour. Wow. Uh, so, I, and I and I've been getting calls all day on that. Hmm. Uh, I think you have it's actually a fascinating thing. Like, we don't have a local Facebook group in my county for so create rentals. a landlord or create a landlord. Group. Yeah, Grays Harbor, like where I live, Grays Harbor County. Grays Harbor County rentals and invite mine's other landlords. Central City in. rentals. Is it? Yeah. My Central City rentals. That's what who, run, who runs that group? I do. Oh, so you yep. created the group. I created the group. And what it allowed me to do too is take albums. So I, I have, uh, I use Tenant Cloud, a cloud based yeah. uh, program. Um, yep. But, but, also, before that, what I would do is I'd upload the pictures. So when my guys got done remodeling the house, i take pictures. Rather than keep it on my phone or my personal Facebook, I'd upload it to Central City Rentals, and I'd have an album there that I could just easily share when it came open. And you oh, let other fun. people in your other landlords in the community also share? Yeah, I will. Absolutely. Got it. Got it. And so how did you actually – This is, I mean, I think this is a really clever strategy for finding – 
tenants. I mean, obviously in some markets, you don't have to do that. You got Craigslist and places like that, but in a, in kind of a smaller market where maybe there's not as many people, how do you get those renters to show up there? How do they find out about this group? Well, what I do is when you, when number one, I've got a ton of friends on my regular Facebook. Well, page. when you look like that, man, I mean, no. you know, <laughs> no, trust me, that, Keith that Urban, man, yeah. <laughs> sing us a song. <laughs> Maybe at the end. <laughs> but like for rent in Muhlenberg County, I mean, it's got, I think it's like 8,000 members. You oh, got to wow. understand, there's only 30,000 people that live in my county. So in, in, Central, in Kentucky, you know you're from Kentucky when you don't say a town you're from, unless it's Louisville or Lexington. You use counties. So I'm from Muhlenberg yep. County or Ohio County. That's what we do like. here too, yeah. Do you really? Yeah, we say Grace so, Harbor County. I don't say Aberdeen or Montesano. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, uh, honestly, I, I post it and my stuff is gone. I mean, literally a lot of times in minutes. Well, what's cool yeah. about Facebook is that even if, I mean, let's say somebody isn't even part of that group, but somebody, you know, Aunt Betty is part of that group. She sees the listing come up. She knows that her, her niece is looking for a place. She can just tag that That's niece. Right. And, like Facebook is so powerful for that stuff and very few like investors use it. Uh, so that's Absolutely. very cool. And it's yeah. real easy for me to do. You know, I, I don't, I don't have to, you know, I, I get asked all the time. What do you, how do you market it? I, I don't market. Matter of fact, I don't even want my phone number out there. Unfortunately, my phone, it rings off the hook. So at six o'clock at night, I have to, you know, turn it on silent. Yep. There you go. Yeah. All right. So I, I've, I've got some, I've got some questions that I want to dive into, but before I do, Brandon, let's hear this small town investing story that you're dealing with. <laughs> All right. Uh, so like, no, maybe you can, you know, uh, resonate with this. I don't know, but you got, you got people right now. So anyway, I've got a plumbing issue last night. Somebody called and they've got water from their, when they run their sink in their kitchen, it's running up the bathtub and the, the toilet, which means there's a clog somewhere. And I know the plumbing's just, it's been kind of messed up for a while. I need somebody to go into there and just redo that plumbing. I cannot find a plumber with a hundred miles of here, period. Like, I just can't, I called like 17 plumbers and like three answered their phone and they can't do it. And so like the last, and I didn't tell you this, Josh, I just got a text other Dorkin, but I just got a text here like five minutes ago from my assistant who said, I got a guy that will do it for a thousand bucks. Like he'll, he'll do it for a thousand dollars. He'll come for a couple hours of work to clear this thing. And I'm like, yeah, this is like the hard part about living in podunk is that yeah. sometimes it's just impossible to find people at a reasonable time. Like by law, I have to, within 24 hours, get their water working again. Yeah. And I can't do it. Like I'm really it's struggling. Tough. Yeah. So how do you overcome it's that? It's funny you said that because I just dealt with the same thing this past <laughs> weekend. I promise you. Yeah. And I actually, I posted on Facebook. I said, uh, if somebody will get me a good plumber, I will give him 90 rental houses, all the work he wants. Oh, that's a good uh, idea. So, but here's the thing. I, I'm being honest with you. I, I've got a few plumbers here. One, you know, just got arrested for meth. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I can't use him anymore. <laughs> Whoopsie. But uh, I guess there's more money in meth than plumbing. Oh, I guess so. Uh, but I'll tell you something else I would probably suggest is I had a maintenance man that at one time that we, we ended up unfortunately had to part ways about a year ago. But I was going to pay for him to get his license. And by doing that, it's going to have him sign a contract saying he would still work for me for a certain amount of time. So, and that way he can still make, he can make very good money as a licensed plumber here. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, 
Interesting. Cool. Well, good story. And there you go, guys. The harrowing truth about investing <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Well, and so um, if I could expand real quick on this, I hear people from time to time who live in big cities like you know Seattle or San Francisco or Denver, and they want to invest. The same problem. Well, you can't find a plumber. <laughs> you can't find a good one because they're all yeah. every. There's like like thousands of houses being constructed. Everybody's working on their property, and you can't find contractors to save your life. So um, I do like it, I do like that idea. There's the, too the much growth. Thing. Yeah, I think the Facebook yeah. thing is interesting. But here's a, like people where I was going to go is like people buy go and buy in Podunk. They go and buy in Grace Harbor where I live. They go and buy in your town because they're like, oh, twenty five thousand dollars for a house. I'll buy that. But then what happens, and I see this, people come, like investors from out of the area come into my town, they buy something because they think it's cheap, and a year later, it's sitting there vacant and empty and falling apart, and eventually, they just lose yeah. it in foreclosure, or they just let it go back like for not paying taxes, because right. they, well, they can't handle Tim, it. The Tim that did the podcast with yep. you guys, right? Yep. Uh, he came up here. He actually had a business uh, in Central City, a promotional company, that we did all this work, and that's how I met Tim. So he started buying apartments and houses. And he's 750 miles away in Dallas. Yep. So the problem that he had was people stealing from him. You know, the property managers, literally, they were taking the laundry money, the money from the Coke machines. Yep. And, and, and they don't really care if all the units are full. I mean, let's face it. I mean, yep. e even though he would bonus them, they still didn't care. It wasn't worth the hassle for them. It, it was amazing how I would talk to him. And I would say, how do you have 24 units open when I'm completely full and I have people beating down my doors. Well, that's the difference <clears throat> yep. between him and I. So he recently just sold off his property here. Now, yeah. my rule of thumb is, you know, people ask me, do I have property 20, 30 miles away? My rule of thumb is if I cannot drive by that property with ease on my way home, I don't want it. Yeah. It's my rule yeah. of thumb. And, and, a, really for me. and a lot of people buy into that. And I think especially for new investors, it's a good strategy. It keeps... It keeps it close. It makes sure, and it doesn't have to be 20 minutes. It could be whatever, you know, works for you. But, you know, we, we used to talk about this a lot on the show back in the first, you know, 100 shows. I don't think we really brought it up. But, yeah, I mean, I, investing closer to home makes sense, right? It's easy to roll by. It's easy to see. It's easy to stay on top of. If you have a property manager to keep on top of them, if you're managing it yourself, you know, then you you, you can know what's going on. So that's great. Well, you got to understand, my printing company is where I is my, make the bulk of my living. Yeah. Right. Yep. So I, I don't want, if I was in real estate all the time, I would be buying property in Nashville, Bowling Green. I mean, there's stuff appreciating there like crazy. Yeah. That, that is the downside here is there's no appreciation. Yep. But we do cash flow like crazy. All right. Uh, Tim, you know, I mean, Josh, I'm yep. sorry. I'm yeah. thinking, thinking sorry. of Tim because of you. So, What's the strategy then? You know, why, why REI? I mean, you talked about it initially as a means to buy that car. And you're saying, obviously, that you've got this business that is what provides you the bulk of your income. Yeah. Why are you in the game and where, where are you going with it? Why are you, are you trying to make more money with it than your business? Are you trying to get out of your business or you just, it's, an, it's another stream? All right. So there's a couple objectives I'm trying to meet here. Number one is I want to be able to retire at the age of 48. When I started buying property back when I was 31, when I hit around 33, 34, I'm like, all right, I've got to have a go just to go and buy a house here and there. Really didn't. I mean, it wasn't appeasing other than just uh, appealing other than just going for the sake of buying property and remodeling it for the fun of it. So my goal became to I want to be able to sustain a certain lifestyle at the age of 48 
and to be able to start backing out of my printing company uh, at some at some point. Right. My dad, he's uh, 62 years old, still doing it. And I don't want to be in that position. So I'm 42 now. I'll be 43 in December. So I started financing my properties when I was like 34, 35 to the age of 48. So really? that gave me an end goal. And also, I travel a lot. I have four kids. We, I mean, I'm going to Vegas this weekend. I, we just got back from a third cruise this year. And that's not bragging. It's just telling people, you know, there's a lot of people that can't afford to, to, to travel that much. But I'm your ordinary guy. And uh, I used to not be able to travel that much. But uh, I'll, I'll give you a good example what, how it allows me to travel. So I bought a house that had a 24 by 30 garage on it. It was two bedroom upstairs, full size basement uh, that we're finishing. And it also had a 30 by 80 building that was built in the year 2000. So 2,400 square foot building that we're turning into a three bedroom house. Mm-hmm. So I bought all that. You won't believe it. for The same number, 25 grand. Oh. Mm. Now, after, after fixing it, I, so my, I, uh, what I always try to tell people, my friends that want to get into this business is I get a line of credit. And so what I do is like, I'll pay for that house up front, that line of credit for 25,000. The cruise that me and my family took was $8,200. So I pay for that out of that line of credit. So when it's all said and done, I'll refinance that property. I'll have roughly around 45,000 in it. The price is going to come back easily 75 to 80,000. That's awesome. So that 8,200 bucks for that cruise did not come out of my pocket. That person out on that rental property just paid for my vacation. I've actually done that a number of times as well. It's like the burst strategy and you just take out a little bit more for, for doing a trip or going somewhere and having fun, like living life now versus, you know, waiting Absolutely. until you're too old. And could I pay for that from a printing business? Yes, I could. But why? You know, yeah. why do I want to do I can I can at any time take that $8,000 and go pay it down on that mortgage if I wanted to. Yep. Yeah. But this keeps my wife happy. So every time I go to her and I say, hey, I just bought two more houses rather than hear her. She's complain. like, vacation. Yeah, it's like a vacation, baby. <laughs> so I, I is think, that, well, I, was say, I think Tim talked about that same concept too. I think it was somebody recently, but I think it was Tim Shiner was saying. It's rewarding yourself. Yeah, you reward yourself every time you buy a property and then your spouse is totally on board. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, so, and that property is going to be paid off when I'm 48. Yeah. I, so, so in you're 42 right now. So now you're getting six year notes on your property when you're buying. Are you making it so everything ends? Well, let me, let me say this. All right. And I, I want to be totally upfront. That strategy was perfectly fine up to us, you know, a couple of years ago, but now I still have a lot of properties that's starting to be paid off and notes, uh, mortgages have been paid off starting next year. Yeah. So, these things are going to start snowball snowballing starting next year. And I still have about 12 of those houses that are just paid for that I bought that mm-hmm. I didn't finance. So the money's going to start rolling in. And I, so I, I can still pay everything off at 48, even though a couple of the properties in the past year I financed for 10 years, I can still take the money that's been paid off and pay those off in plenty of time before I'm 48. But I don't have to, you know, it's just, but now when I, I'm going to have close to 50 grand a month coming in at 48 yeah. right now. You can't I mean, live on, that, you can't live on that in Kentucky. Come on. You need to double that. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, no, I mean, I, that's he's, he's going to be buying a Corvette a week. You have, yeah. <laughs> you can just line the block yeah. up with yellow Corvettes, man. Yeah, Don't let anyone nice. else park. <laughs> 
So, but, but you know, I, I, that's the way I'm going to retire. And I, I don't know, I, I'll probably pull money back out at 48 and, you know, refinance. What I, what I love about this is, you know, it, it's you, funny that you way. talk about the strategy because just the last couple of weeks, my wife and I have been talking a lot about this, but we're kind of shifting a little bit of how we think about real estate in terms of before it was leverage everything as much as possible, get the best deal, get the cash flow up because I needed that cash flow to be able to you know, have financial freedom. Well, I got the financial freedom. I have the income. I'm not worried about any of that anymore. Now we're thinking, you know, what does retirement look like? And I'm, I'm 32 now. So I'm like, well, what does that look like in terms of not having to deal with a, finding a plumber at, you know, nine o'clock at night and deal with all that. like, and what, what I came up with this is idea. And again, this is not like I, I made this up or anything, but it just, it was an interesting way of looking at it. Let's just say I had 20 houses that were each giving me $200 a month in cash flow, right? So let's, it's not a ton of money, but it's four grand a month, right? 20 houses give you two right. a month in cash flow. But if each of those houses, the mortgage payment was roughly 400 bucks a month, it means that as soon as they're paid off, my income triples overnight, which means a person yeah, could have right. just 20 houses making 200 bucks a month. And that's four grand a month for a long time. Like, especially if you put those on a 15 year mortgage, but as soon as they're paid off, right. your income triples. So you're, you're, you're living good now and you're living even better later. And that's why we love real Absolutely. estate. Like, right. It's amazing. Well, even if I love looking at a house that I could buy for $30,000 yep. and rent for 500 a month. So every 30 grand that I make, through my printing company or through other means, it's another 500 a month for a long time in my life. Yep. So yeah. I, it's, that's why it being in real estate has made it so hard for me to go buy a vehicle <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. to spend a ton of money. Cause I'm thinking I want to go buy a house. You know, I, yeah. don't, yep. I, I did just buy a new truck. Finally, I drove the same truck for 17 years, but something else that real estate uh, allowed me to do, you know, the, the rich dad, poor dad theory, you know, my wife wanted a new Camaro. We've been married 23 years, so I wanted to get her one for our 21st anniversary. So I'm in Vegas. I find a brand new Corvette, I mean Corvette, Camaro uh, for 28,000 bucks. Call the banker. I'm like, I'm going to buy this car. And he's like, no problem, Josh. I'll go and start getting set up on payments, right? I told my brother, he was with me in Vegas. I went, now when I get home, I'm going to go buy me a $30,000 house. Yep. Let it make the car payment. So at the end of the five years, that Camaro that's only worth eight grand is still, you know, I, yeah, I lost money on it, but I still have the house bringing in 500 a month. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, you no, make really, an asset pay for your liability. Yep. Every time. I love that. Every so, time. so here's a question I have. Like this, this works great for you, right? You know, you, you get to live in the glowing metropolis of, you know, what the f nowhere. <laughs> I guess I just got beeped. I just, yeah, I just, I think I just got beeped there. Um, but you know, you get to live in, in sunny, Sunnyville, nowhere and buy houses for 20 grand a house, which like is, I mean, that, that cash flow, you know, uh, three, $400 a month. I mean, that's amazing. Most, you know, in lots of parts of the country, people can't, find that. And what, you know, obviously we tell people you know, within two hours of any major city, you, you generally can start to find stuff, a uh, two hour drive. But like, what, what would you say to somebody who says, wow, I love this. I really like, man, I can't, I can't live there. I can't, I can't yeah. do it. Right. Yeah. But well, you can I want to like Tim Shiner who, who gets 20% a year in appreciation, yeah. which is another way to make money. But there's no guarantee of that, right? I mean, that, that's true. That's right. Well, there's no guarantee of anything, but you know, obviously, cash flow is a lot safer than betting on appreciation. So well, that's right. 
what advice would you give to that person other than like, come on down? Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> in this small town, that is a great point because there is less risk. A house that's worth that you buy for thirty-five grand, it's never going to be worth less than thirty-five grand. I don't care what the market, what happens to the housing market. Well, unless you're in Detroit, but yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> ten years ago, five years ago, I, excluding Detroit <laughs> and places so, and, like and that, a few other cities. Yeah, yeah. That I would not live anyway. It's no offense. I just not. That's not me. I like small towns. So you're, so you got back. Oh, so let me tell you something else. So these people that have their houses, I paid off my house. Uh, in Kentucky now, which is 4,800 square foot that I bought 13 years ago for $105,000. And of course, I put some money into it. And it, so it's really, I, I got it set the way I like. It looks like a miniature Panama City Beach in the backyard. So I paid it off. My wife, uh, she's like, man, I'm so glad we don't have that payment. And I'm like, honey, I, I hate to tell you this, but I've already talked to somebody. I'm refinancing it. And, uh, and so I pulled out 200 grand and went and bought five more rental houses with it. Now, it's all in, it's all in what you want. I think there's a lot of people that have a lot of equity in their house where they live, and they think a house is paid off, or I've got a eight hundred thousand dollar house I only owe two hundred grand on. To me, if you're not using that equity, it's useless. So, because you're always you always have to have a place to live. Yeah. Right. So, so I went and I pulled out two hundred grand. So my payments on my house now is eight hundred ninety five dollars a month, but buying those rental property. They bring in twenty six hundred fifty bucks a month. So just by refinancing my own house, I'm making an additional seventeen hundred dollars, eighteen hundred dollars a month. Yeah. And so I, I think if people have houses, no matter where you live, using equity in your house, I, I really don't have all the answers. No, no, of to, course not. You know, from the big city type stuff, it's just yeah. not. It's not me. I, I've had people uh, give me advice. Uh, there's a doctor local here that uh, who buys a lot of property in Nashville. Appreciation is going up like crazy there right now. Uh, but it's just not for me. I mean, I, I'm trying to grow my printing company and yep. still set up for retirement in, in Central City. So that's the goal. That's what you're shooting for is, is, is retirement and, and you know, continue running your printing business because you like it and it's a good income. And buy yourself a, a, a cruise, uh, you know, once every two weeks and a car, you know, once a month. It's great. I love it. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't buy cars that often. Actually, not not very often at all. I hate buying them. I got you. I got you. Now I'm giving you a hard time. All right, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. So before we go back, I mean, we got to move on to the fire round here in a little bit, but I want to go back to a strategy you talked about earlier about finding deals. You said you find deals. Did you say you find them via Facebook as well? Um, sometimes, but typically, you know, I'm up on Saturday mornings. I devote that time. Uh, if I don't have something really pressing at my office here, I, I devote Saturday to rental property. Okay. I'll drive around, look for for sale by owner signs, just anything that I do. And I'll just I'll go around, check out my property, do drive bys. If I see some things I want to change, I take pictures of my phone. I text it to my maintenance guy. But I, by doing that, I'm able to find a lot of deals. That's and awesome. I, that's so driving, just driving, driving around for dollars, driving. looking for properties, and and I make obnoxious offers. Uh, <laughs> so what, like what, okay, let's 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 talk about that. So you drive. You find properties that look that don't look like they're doing well, or are you just doing ones with the for sale by owner signs? Not always. I'll give you another example. So there's a, there's this brick house set on the corner lot. I really liked it, and every I drive by it almost every day. And I thought, you know, I'm going to stop in and talk to the owner and tell them if they ever want to sell it, I want to buy it. 
I want to put an offer in at least. So I just knock on the door. Guy comes to the door and I said, hey, man, you know, I'm Josh Randall on this printing company over here. But if I also buy real estate. If you ever want to sell, uh, I'd like to put an offer. He goes, you know what? I think I I would wouldn't mind entertaining an offer. The house, the appraisal on it was 125 grand, offering 75,000, and he took it. We shook hands right then, mm-hmm. right then. And uh, so I go back to the office. I'm like, well, I just bought another house, and it's a great deal. I mean, I love this house. Guy in there hears me talking about it, and he's like, man, I, I need another house. I wouldn't mind a house. You know, I need a four-bedroom. I ended up, didn't even, uh, I didn't even, just didn't sign a purchase agreement or nothing. I just shook hands with this guy. I let him buy it, and now the deal, I got 10 grand in cash and a pontoon just by knocking on the guy's door and letting somebody else buy it. So you wholesale the deal? I wholesale the deal really quick. And, awesome. and for those of us uh, who don't know what a pontoon, are you talking about a pontoon boat? Yes, absolutely. Pontoon uh, boat. Pontoon. And, and I, and by, Country song. <laughs> yeah. Make your way. Yeah, there you go. So, so uh, uh, I don't know. I gutted um, that pontoon yeah. and actually decaled it. It looks just like my Corvette. It's bright yellow now. Corvette really? decals on it. It's got Corvette well, seats. Do you, in have, it. do you have photos of the car and yeah, the pontoon? That is obnoxious. Uh, and you have yeah, to see that. Okay, you should, you should shoot me a picture. We'll put it up in the show notes uh, at, right. at uh, biggerpockets.com slash what show? Number 242. So biggerpockets.com slash show 242. And if we can get some pictures, I'll put them up on the. Uh, on the site, that'd be fun to see. Just don't do what they're doing in Ozark, man. Don't don't cut the holes in those pontoons to hide bad things. Is that what they do in Ozark. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna watch that show. I hear it's good. Yeah, you gotta wow. watch the show. It's crazy. It's crazy. Wow. All right. Well, that's 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 awesome. So what what are you looking for in a house? Like what what kind of metrics are you looking for? Obviously, you want some kind of cash flow um, since you're 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 not focused on appreciation. So what 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 are the exact what kinds of houses are you buying? And what are the metrics? I love making houses three bedroom that are not three bedrooms. Oh, me too. I love that. Yep. Yeah. Love. That. I love buying two level uh, two level homes and make them in duplexes. That's my favorite thing. I bought a house for thirty two thousand uh, dollars about eight years ago. It's one of my first pr- properties, right? First dozen houses, and I had thirty two grand in it. I was renting it for five hundred seventy five dollars a month, I think it was, and. I went in for a couple thousand dollars, was able to make it two different units, one bedroom upstairs, two bedroom down. And, but I had, I pay the utilities, right? So now the one bedroom brings in uh, 550, the two bread bedrooms brings in 575. So I'm bringing in $1,100. I'm out about $300 a month in utilities. So that's $800 versus 550. Yep. And And what are you all in on, on construction on that? And purchase literally there, there was a, a kitchen already downstairs. Yeah. So literally I put new flooring, sealed off the doorways, the stairway going up, made them a closet and mm-hmm. poured a driveway around back. And that was pretty much it. So yeah. three, three or four grand. So uh, you mentioned the, I, I, I love that a lot. I love looking for ways to, you know, find a hidden potential. Like that's, that's what it's about, right? Is you find a hidden potential. Right. So if you can't find yeah. a good deal, oftentimes creativity can let you let you make a good deal. I was like, you mentioned the two bedroom, right. to three bedroom thing. What I always look for, and this is just a tip for everybody, like look for a two bedroom house that has a, over a thousand square feet. Cause almost if you have a thousand square foot house and it's only two bedrooms, there's almost always a way to put in another bedroom. If you got, I, I found the good. other day, a 1400 square foot house with two bedrooms. And so I knew just by looking at that, like scrolling through realtor.com and I saw the listing, I go, there's hidden potential right now. So I scroll in there and I look and sure enough, there was a garage that somebody converted to a, 
uh, a den, nice. right? And they were even using it as a bedroom, which means as a rental property, this is a three bedroom house that rents oh. in my area for eight seventy five, versus a two bedroom, which rents for five seventy five. I mean, that's a massive difference. Absolutely. Turned it from an, a mediocre deal, probably not a deal to an amazing deal just by that. Right. Well, I started out in the rental business putting cheap laminate down. I'm talking about years ago, right? You're, you're going yep. to, yep. at that time, it was Lowe's buying 79 cent yep. laminate or cheap carpet. I don't do that anymore. I put really good flooring down that is the vinyl, water resistant. Yep, yep it's, same here. The, the interlock, it, like the, the, the yes. click lock or whatever. Yeah, yep. I use Absolutely. So I'm going back now. What I find myself doing is as these properties are you know coming empty, the ones that I bought 10 years ago, I'm going through and doing some updating like I, I took one house at, for 450 bucks, updated it, put new flooring, just does some renovation of things that I've learned, like spraying knockdown on the walls. If you got paneling, you know, you could seal the, the lines up and spray knock where it looks like a condo, you yep. know, Florida condo. Hey, oh, hey, by the way, just uh, clarify what, what, what that is. Knockdown? Knockdown. knockdown yeah, it's, yeah. They put uh, sheetrock mud in a hopper and they spray it on, I like texture on a ceiling. Then they come back with a trial and they knock the heart, the sharp edges off. So it looks like a stucco, like you would see in a condominium and like if you went to Panama City Beach or something like that. Yeah, I was really yeah. surprised. I went out to, where was it? I think I was hanging out with Jay Scott over on the East Coast at one point uh, a couple of years ago. And we were talking about how like they don't use any texture. I think that was where it was. They don't use any texture on their walls at all. And that was, a, it was a weird thing to use texture. But where I'm from and like everything gets textured. I mean, the wall behind me is textured with with. Yeah, like, you don't have smooth walls. That's weird. But other parts of the country are different. Yeah. Now, I do have some things got smooth walls, smooth ceilings. But those, well, I'm talking about these older houses mm-hmm. where you don't want to go in and if you have to rip all the paneling off, if it's good and tight, we can spray knockdown on it. I mean, a whole house in a half a day. Yeah. And so what I'm doing is I'm going back and just facelifting those houses that were bringing in 450 a month. Now yeah. I'm getting 650 a month out of them for a few thousand bucks. That's awesome. Yeah. And, that's great. That's very so, cool. That's great. That's great. Awesome. Well, cool. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Listen up, business owners, because I've got some quick little math for you. Fewer costs equal more profit. The problem? You're spending more than ever on operations, materials, deliveries, software, and more. So why not reduce your costs and headaches with NetSuite by Oracle? NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Oh, also, NetSuite lives in the cloud, which means you can reduce IT costs with no hardware required. 
Cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because now you've got one unified business management suite. You can improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. It makes sense that over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. So don't let rising costs sink your business growth. And by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash biggerpockets. NetSuite.com slash BiggerPockets. NetSuite.com slash BiggerPockets. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers a targeted 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split with 70% of net profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, are first in line to get paid. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of a physical asset mitigate downside risk. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by directing your funds from Wall Street to Main Street and supporting local economies. The investment is reserved for accredited investors. Don't miss this opportunity to back Main Street over Wall Street and start earning passive real estate income. Learn more about investing with Pine at pinefinancialgroup.com BP. pinefinancialgroup.com BP. You've heard us talk about it before. High interest rates are crushing real estate investors, leaving even some of the best investors in need of funding now. But with today's liquidity crisis, who can fill the demand? With Fundrise, America's largest direct-to-investor alternative asset manager, you have the opportunity to. Fundrise's new opportunistic private credit strategy was designed specifically for this new market environment. Fundrise supplies high-demand bridge financing on high-quality assets with credit-worthy borrowers. Top real estate investors get the funding they need while you walk away getting paid a healthy interest rate. To date, Fundrise has completed more than $500 million worth of private credit deals with an average net interest of 10.8%, and they've already amassed a pipeline worth more than $300 million. Don't sit on the sidelines. You can take advantage of this unique window of opportunity while it lasts with Fundrise's new private credit strategy. Ready to start? Go to Fundrise.com pockets to learn more. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash pockets. This is a paid endorsement for Fundrise. Past performance is not indicative of future results. All investments can lead to loss. Yeah, I, 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 I think this is great. I'm, go ahead. You've got one. Obviously. I got a question. You're, you're ready. I'm yeah, ready. I'm it. ready. I, you I sure? Wanna, yeah, I want to know Make this. Moves right, right now. <laughs> Spit it out, buddy. This is a question that I'm 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 going to help you with, Josh Dorkin here. Oh, oh, so, wow, Josh right. Dorkin. And Josh Randall is going to help Josh Dorkin here. And this and is myself. very exciting. All right, you have seventy employees. You know, seventy. Yeah. Josh has 30, 25, 30, somewhere in there, right? Uh, Josh Dorkin. Uh, but Josh Randall's got seventy employees. You also have fifty houses, forty rental units, like, and then you travel frequently. Now, yes. most business owners can't leave their business. Now, Josh Dorkin here did just leave for like nine months and go, no, okay. It was like, it was like three, <laughs> three weeks, but whatever. Oh, oh, Went around the country. Oh. But like, how do you do that? How do you find, how do you manage all this stuff? How do you get the right people in place? Sort of like, do you have any tips, advice on that? That is the key. So it took me a lot of people, uh, in a, and that, that 70 employees doesn't count the eight or nine that I keep in the rental business too. So I, it, I finally, found a guy and I pay him pretty good money. Who's the head of the construction crew. So they basically work for him. 
I don't want to have to go to each one of them and give them marching orders every day. I give it to one guy. And by the way, this tenant cloud that I'm using, you can give them an iPad that when there's maintenance issues, you can just drop it into your uh, software so they know what needs to be done. So I'm not constantly answering the phone for toilet leaks and all that good stuff, right? So he takes care of all that. In the in the screen printing world, I mean, it takes, I, my biggest thing was I was my own bottleneck in the company. You know, in 2000, I was a graphic designer for 12 years. I did all the artwork. Then yeah. finally I realized I need to hire more graphic designers. Now I got six. Wow. So, and then I realized I was a salesperson bottleneck. So what I started doing is just, we start putting supervisors in place over each department. So now rather than one person trying to run everything, you got into little little business uh, owners, supervisors running their own department and make sure it's run good. And I take care of Let me ask you a question because you use really interesting words there and I've never heard anyone else say that. You called your supervisors business owners. Explain that. Are you compensating them as business owners? Are you How, how exactly do you treat them as business owners or did that just kind of slip out wrong? Well, it, I mean, honestly, I pay like the printing supervisor, right? We're able to pay more. Every time we add equipment, he's able to make more money. So rather than going, oh my gosh, he added another automatic printing press and now we got to hire another person to run it, a person to cash the shirts and box them and all that. So when you give him more on his salary, every time you add a piece of equipment, so they have some stake in the game, right? Oh, yeah. Salespeople, they're compensated by salary commission and bonuses. Uh, yeah. The sales manager is bonused on the previous year, whatever our sales go up uh, this year, over that last year, he gets bonus on. Yeah. So it's, it, and honestly, they got it better than I did. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> how I, do you, I know about, I know about that from time to time. <clears throat> how do you do? <laughs> how do you deal with that? Yeah. Yeah. Right. There, uh, Josh. Oh, well, sorry. There was, there's something going on here. Yeah. So how do you I deal? How do you deal with the fact that you've got commissioned people getting bonuses and stuff, and then you've also got admins who are not commissioned bonus, like commission based, and you got probably HR people, and you got all these people. How do you deal with them? Getting not everybody's mad- the same person. Not everybody's the same. You know what? There's something to be said for those people that could come in at seven in the morning and leave at three thirty and not have to answer their phone anymore. Yep. They'd rather get paid more per hour, get their healthcare paid you know, get their vacation time and go home. I mean, there is something to be said for that. Then there's people that are, it's, you know, salespeople, they don't want that. They want to be able, when they go out to eat at Red Lobster, to also give out a business card and make money. And that's where I'm at. Your line, your line, it appears is, you know, it's the clock in, clock out guys. Those are, those are the ones who are paid, you know, a salary and fairly, obviously. And and those people who, the office never closes, so to speak. That's right. Those, those are the guys who are getting a piece of the pie. That's exactly right. And you know what? If you got a maintenance guy, you pay for his cell phone bill. You give him extra money per week because he's taking those calls for you at night. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you compensate them as well. I give them gas money. I, I mean, just whatever I have to do. And I'll throw money their way at my own discretion. You know, yeah. if we finish a house pretty quick, I bonus them. Yeah, that's great. That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love love that. it. Love cool. it. Well, right, let's, let's, the fire. Yeah, let's uh-huh. head over to the fire round. It's time for the fire round. All right, let's get to the fire round questions. These questions come direct out of the Bigger Pockets forums, which of course you can go and get to by going to biggerpockets.com slash forums. 
We're going to fire them right now at Josh Randall. Number one. I'm nervous. You I'm better really be. Nervous. You better be. It's getting <laughs> hot in here. It's getting hot in here. All right. Converting from oil to gas furnace. Should I remove the oil tank in the basement? The quote to remove is 700 bucks. It's a flip, but it could be a rental if it doesn't sell at the right place. So should I spend the $700 to remove the oil tank in the basement? Absolutely. Look long-term. The 700, 700 bucks over seven years is nothing. All right. Take it out. There you go. There you go. Cool. All right, next question. While still searching for my first rehab, I received a call from a homeowner via direct mail who's interested in selling. The thing is that it's a manufactured home, basically a mobile home that can't be moved. Taking it over with my partner, I've been told that this type of property, one, would be hard to get funding for, and two, is difficult to get comps on the property. I don't know a lot about this part of investing, which is why I'm coming to bigger pockets for some insights. Would flipping a manufactured home be a good idea for a first flip? Absolutely. I, I actually own two. I, I, te- I try not to buy those because the insurance is higher. Uh, it's harder to fix. It's harder to find parts for, uh, you know, the hot water tanks are a different size. So I would, anything I could buy and make money on, I'm going to flip it. I, I flipped hot a whole tractor trailer load of, I, I flipped a tractor trailer load of uh, Corvette tires one time and made 6,000 bucks. Just <laughs> a guy came to me and, and I bought all he had and, just you're just a flipper. You're not a house flipper. You're a flipper. Oh. <laughs> I'll flip yeah. anything. Yeah. Well, I just got offered uh, my mobile home. Actually, I paid thirty six thousand dollars for. It. I've had it, rented it for five fifty for the last three or four years, and somebody just wanted to buy it for forty nine five. So I could sell it if I wanted to. Probably won't. Yeah. I, I hate selling. Why? Why do you hate selling? Because I'm not in it to sell. I, I'm just not in it. I, I look at residual. I just want residual income. Yep. I love that. You love if, it. I, if you give me 10 grand, I'm going to blow it on Texas Roadhouse and, <laughs> and all the other stuff that I do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, all right. All right. Uh, all right next question. This is, I, I picked this question because it's something I'm dealing with a lot lately. When a buyer asks for items on an inspection report to be repaired, do you repair all of them? Do you negotiate which ones you're willing to do, et cetera? Well, I was looking to see what the cost is. I mean, it, de- it all depends on how much you're making on the deal, right? If I can go through and fix, so like the house I just uh, rented out last night, the big four bedroom, if they went through and I, I said, here's what, exactly what I told them, I promise, it, it pertains to this. Uh, I'm not selling, but I'm renting it. It's a higher priced house. I said, you could go through and nitpick this house. Yep. If you nitpick me to death, it's not a brand new house. I'm going to raise the rent. But anything safety related, I'll fix. So locks and windows. Yep. Loose posts around doors, front porch, everything like that. I want to fix it, but don't nit, nitpick me over every little thing. I want to raise the rent. So that, that'd be my answer is uh, if you want me to raise the price, I'll fix everything. There's some things I can go through because you know how it is. I can send my crew of eight guys. Yep. We can knock out a ton of stuff yep. that the average homeowner thinks is a big deal that I know is not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I had so, a, I, last week or two weeks ago, I had a, a, a deal fall through. We were selling a house and they, they got the inspection back. And, you know, again, you can you can find a lot of things in a hundred year old house. And so the house is, hundred. Right. I mean, it was in mint condition, in my opinion, and like totally remodeled everything, but man, like right. they wanted, they, the agent wrote back after the inspection thing, they would like it all fixed. And we said, what do you yeah. mean? And they said, well, it's a 70 page, you know, inspection report that was done by the best inspector in town. We want it all fixed. We're like, well, what does that even yeah. mean? Like the roof is eight years old. Yeah. We want a new roof. Really? Yeah. Like, we, no. I mean, they ended up, in no. their first time homebuyers, they wanted a perfect brand new house. And I'm like, 
Which makes, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're scared. They're taking and... their view. Yeah, yep, they're scared. I they don't it. know what, what, what to look for. But your answer like, this is, is okay the best to looking no. house in that town. Like, they will not find yeah. a better house. Like, they just will not be homeowners yeah. ever yeah. at that yeah. mentality. Right. It just drives me nuts. But anyway. And, and they'll probably, if they don't buy that house and they want a brand new house, they're going to pay 20 or 30 more grand for it. Yep. Yeah. Rather than buying yours and putting a $4,000 roof on it. Yep. By the way, the, the end of that story, real quick, is uh, yeah. just what's is, is that what a roof cost down in, in nowhere? Actually, I just put a roof on a uh, a house that's a thousand square foot, and it cost me labor and all was like twenty eight hundred bucks. Nice, wow. nice. This wow. metal metal roof. Oh, okay. I so I was gonna say the end of that story is uh that day I, I told my agent I was like screw it I'm so tired of selling. That was the second time like something similar had happened. I said screw it I'm not gonna sell the house. Let's just rent it out. That got my agent like hustling because now he's going to lose all that commission. So he goes within like three hours, he had another buyer that he had been working with and they, they just weren't quite ready. They need, they need a month. So we, we put under contract, they got early occupancy. They're renting it for a month and a half until their loan can go through. And yeah, I might end up losing it. Who knows? Like they might just become renters of mine, but we have a contract they're going to sign in in October and actually close. So who knows? My wife makes a list and I still don't fix everything in my own house. I'm not fixing it for everybody else. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. You, uh, you are not alone, my friend. You are not alone. (laughs) All right. Last, last question. Should we consider letting the tenant stay or is it better to start with a new Oh, sorry. I, I missed the first half of that question. Basically they bought a new property. They were trying, they're closing a new property and they've got an inherited tenant. So, Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. okay. You know, I'm, I, I messed it up. So I, I inherited a tenant. Yeah. 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 So what experiences do you have with this type of situation? What would you recommend? So, so you, do, my do you house keep, has got a pin in it, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Him, do you, do you keep them, them or do you put somebody new and train them your way? Uh, the house I'm closing on right now, uh, the, the five bedroom uh, has somebody in it. It's their uh, family member. It's renting it for $300. So the day I close, I'm going to go ahead and serve an eviction notice. And, Why? And tell them because I know they're not going to pay the five fifty or six hundred dollars. I know that I'll, I'll give them the opportunity to, but it's typically uh, I have more problems with people that's staying in a house. If I look around the yard and I see how they're living in it now, and the yard's not mowed and there's crap everywhere, I don't want it in my house. So I, I guess it. it case by case. I mean, I, I can't say I would evict everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I Got think it. sometimes cool. you, you can usually tell the way that a tenant has been is the way that they're going to be. That's like a phrase yeah. we use in the book on managing rental properties. Yeah. The way that they've been is the way they'll be. And like people don't change. So that's right. It's hard to get people to change. Yeah. Just like Josh Dorkin. Dorkin. Isn't what? it Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying. I think we I've both just trying. made the same joke at the same time. You're just more dominant <laughs> yep. in, in your yelling. Well, so. I am. I am definitively. That's a love-hate relationship. More yeah. dominant. It, no, it's, there's, a, it's a there's, something. It's a, it's there's a absolutely no love <laughs> between Brandon and I. There's a whole lot there's of. A little, there's a little love. There's a little oh, love. Oh, it's all love, man. Come on. <laughs> These two guys. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. All right. It's time, man. All right. It's time. it's time for the fire room. No. Famous for. Nice job. Uh, I thought nice it was a fire job. round. Hold Way on. Way to okay. butcher it, brother. Yeah. Way to All butcher right. it. All right. All right. The, the famous four. These are the same four questions we ask every guest every week. And now we're going to. Okay. We'll decide to make them the famous five because we do ask five questions. We don't. But, it's, it's four. Pause. And then one. It's the famous All right. four. Right. All right. So Number one. Chills. What is your favorite? What is your favorite real estate related book? It's Rich Dad Poor Dad, man. It's life changing for me. All there right. you go. Uh, I like it. I, I, 
got to land there. And I actually will give copies. Tim Shiner gave me a copy of it. And that, that's what I do for a lot of other people as well. Did he read it to you or? or yeah, with the, and I had a pacifier in my mouth. As he read <laughs> <laughs> and he was bare chested, baby oil on him. <laughs> yeah, he'll love that. Head, man. That's weird. You're crazy. That's I love weird. it. I love it. That was weird. Okay. Uh, Next question. Um, favorite business book and who read that to you? <laughs> all right, so I'm changing. All right. So here's my favorite business book. It is 50 Things They Did Not Teach You in School by Tim Shiner. Nice. nice. And, and the reason is I am chapter 39. <laughs> and and hang on, I'm gonna show you this here. What so, chapter am I? You're, you're chapter you're a two. You're a deuce. <laughs> <laughs> This book's got to go, man. It's See that go. napkin right there? I do. That Looks napkin like that's in the book. Uh, yeah. That napkin was something that when I had 33 properties in my mid-30s, Tim Shiner was at Buffalo Wild Wings. He made me sign it, and he said, uh, set a goal for yourself. I said I was going to have 92 properties by the time I was 45, but I was going to have 50 by the time I turned 39. So my 39th birthday, Tim calls me up, and he said, how many do you have? And at that time, I had 70. And he put this, he framed it and sent it up to me and I didn't know it. So he said, congratulations on meeting your goal. That's awesome. So that's what, a, that's a good friend and mentor right there. That is. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I have no idea what the book was, what it's about, but that's okay. <laughs> Say it it's again. Basically it's talking about real estate. It's 50 things they did not teach you in school. Right. Cool. Awesome. And it's on Amazon. He donates all the money to a, uh, a shelter. That's awesome. Oh, Food, bank. Food bank. Yeah. That's great. Awesome. All right. Ne next question. What do you do for fun besides like cruising and, and racing cars and having kids? And I don't know. What, what else do you do? Besides playing around with the new drone toy, um, you know, one, one thing that I, I did buy that real estate helped me buy that is, and I'm not being a chotch bag here. So but I did buy a 34 foot Hummer limo. Right? I don't know what you said. You is that something? We're, are we supposed to bleep that? I, I think so. <laughs> I, I, chotch I'm, I, that's a Kentucky term, I think. Maybe, maybe. No, never, never I, heard that one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think our editor will have bleeped that because <laughs> okay. I'm guessing it's bad. It's I don't not know. bad. It's just a term for a guy that flaunts stuff, basically. Okay. Oh, All right. So you're not well, flaunting, but you bought a 34 foot limo Hummer. Yeah. Tell us and about this real limo quick. Limo Hummer? Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I take like my salespeople. And actually, there is uh, the company I bought my first limo from was a real estate company. They would take uh, potential buyers around and show them their more higher-end houses. You know, limos, like the car limo is cheap. I gave 15 grand for it. And people wow. think you're a rock star. It makes them feel like rock stars when they get in it. So that's a great way to, and a great thing to use in your business. So if I want to send the limo, I have a, a tenant, or tenant, a client that flew into Nashville, and I don't want him renting a car and driving through cornfields and beanfields to get here. You send them the stretch Hummer, they don't even realize it. They just sit back and relax and they show up in my office. That's awesome. Wow. And so we live 30, 40 minutes away from, you know, any bigger town, uh, only 90 miles from Nashville, by the way. But we could jump in the Hummer, talk. So uh, I have a driver who takes us and we'll go out to eat and uh, take staff out. It's a great tool. So and that's we play guitar in it a little bit. And we sing. I got karaoke system. And that's that's uh, what we do. Is that what's happening after you pick me up with the private jet, the, the next purchase? <laughs> Absolutely. You, it's gonna it's gonna be yellow as hell, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be bright yellow. <laughs> I should never have told you the color. I should have said white. <laughs> yeah. 
I can't live that one down. All right. All right. Last question from me. And the final of the famous four, what do you believe sets apart successful real estate investors from all those who give up, fail, or never get started? Hmm. What makes them successful? I think it's that moment. Because everybody, you know, you, you talk people that say they fail and, you know, and you have to get back up. I mean, that's, that's easy to say and I understand that. I just think that once you get the aha moment and you grasp the big picture of not being in debt, you know, not charging 30 grand on your credit card, buying assets instead of liabilities. You know, the biggest problem that I see is these young guys that go and they work in the coal mines here and they're making a ton of money and it, they, they make really money. So what do they do? They go buy $60,000 diesel trucks. They go buy them a boat. They, they take to the river and they're in debt rather than taking good advice, going buying assets and setting themselves up in their 20s where they can really play in their late 20s and 30s. Uh, but the successful people, I think, don't go into debt. They they only go into good debt. Good debt. They look there you go. Big picture. There you go. Awesome. Right. Josh Randall, where can people find out more about you? How do they reach out? And obviously, you've got a printing company, so let us know about that. All right. Well, it's, I'm not one that really promotes a lot myself, but you could go to centralscreenprinting.com. I was given advice before I came on here that I need to go ahead and get a web page. So it's going to be joshjourney.com. Joshjourney. Nice. Joshjourney. So I'm going to, yeah, Josh's journey was taken. Oh, so I'm going to Joshjourney. And all I'm going to do is just kind of show you a timeline. I'm going to put it on there when I started buying and things I've learned along those ways. Nice. Real nice. Some people can also connect with you over on Bigger Pockets, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Right. Hey, by, by the way, Josh has sent us some swag and, and rarely do I do this, but, um, you know, we've been looking for a company to work with to, to sell bigger pockets merchandise. Um, Josh sent us some samples of his work of what he can do. And the quality was really, really good. I was really, really pleased with it. And so, you know, if you're looking for, for somebody who could do this stuff, I would obviously reach out and, and have him send you some samples. If it meets your goals, it meets your needs and, you know, work with him. And if not, no harm, no foul. And no, he did not pay me for this. And no, this is not quid pro quo having him on the podcast. Uh, I just learned about it this morning after uh, finding out who I'm talking to here. So, um, yeah, definitely check it out. I, I wear I wear the hat I wear the hat all the time, man. I love that hat you sent. Thank you very much, hey, and I love I love what you guys do, Bigger Pockets. It really does help a lot of uh, investors. I know. Yeah, here's here's actually a funny story. So, I I I'm in the office. I'm in my office doing my work, and I walk out and I see Scott wearing this hat that looks amazing. That is this awesome golf hat with Bigger Pockets on it, and there's a bunch of other swag in the room. And I walk in, I'm like. Yo, where'd you get that, man? He's like, uh, Mindy. I go, I talk to Mindy. I'm like, Mindy, what's going on? She explains what's going on. I go back to Scott. I'm like, dude, I need that hat. Sorry, man. I really need that hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send more. I, I, totally, I, totally, I totally stole the hat from Scott. I feel terrible <laughs> about it. I, I definitely need to replace it. But I, I rock that hat like all the time, you know, in representing bigger pockets everywhere I go and everything that I do. And, and so awesome. I got to, yeah, I'm, I'm a terrible boss. No, no, you're you're doing it right. You're playing the cards uh, right. But I'll I'll send more. I'll send nice. you guys more. Make- <laughs> awesome, man. All right, Josh. Well, listen, man. It was a pleasure having you on the show. I love what you're doing. It sounds great. Lots of luck going forward. And please do send us uh, pictures of of all that yellowness, man. <laughs> you got it. I appreciate uh, you guys very much. Thanks for having me on. Hey, thanks so much. Thank you, Josh. See, See you later. Bye, guys. All right, guys. That was Josh Randall. Big thanks to Josh. 
that was a great show. That was a fantastic show. I mean, I was like, yeah. like seriously, like laughing hysterically. There's points where I turned off my my microphone and I was just like, like that was pretty my, funny. I'm sure my wife probably in the other room, like, what is he laughing about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, great. so yeah, I thought it was a fantastic show. You know, one thing we didn't really spend a lot of time talking about, but it was so like important. He, talked, he used the word uh, bottleneck. Like in yeah. your business, like you are a bottleneck to something right now. Everybody is somewhere. So like, I think right. it's an important thing to ask yourself, what are you bottlenecking in your business? Like what, what are you stopping progress from happening right now? And how can you get out of that? And I thought that was a, it just made a big impact on me. I started thinking about, you know, what am I, where am I right now that I'm a bottleneck? I love it. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Great. Well, a great show. Brandon, you know, go, go find a plumber. I'm going to, I think I got the guy for a thousand bucks for a half a day or whatever the work oh, is going to be crazy. Absurd. Yeah. Absurd. Well, it was a guy it that like, like he's refused years and years of not, he, he's a licensed plumber, doesn't want to do plumbing anymore. He wants to be an artist, which is fine. He's a cool guy. Yeah. But like, I'm like, dude, I need you. I will give you a thousand dollars. And I think he'll do yeah. it. Anyway. Yeah. I love it. All right, so, man. Well, good luck with that. that. Yeah. And, uh, all right, let's get out of here. I am Josh Dorkin signing off. And that's Brandon Turner. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. It's time for it's time for it's time for the random. All right, this is time for our random six or five or whatever we call this nowadays. Uh, number one, these are random, random six. These are random questions that we ask our guests just to get to know them a little better. Number one, uh, if you could sit down with your 15-year-old self, what would you tell him or her? I would say try to leverage yourself quicker, hire people earlier on, invest in uh, automated equipment a lot, equipment a lot sooner. You know, a lot of times people don't want to invest in their business and you become your own bottleneck and it takes you 20 years. Then all of a sudden, once you start growing, you get it. You can really expand fast. There you go. Nice. All right. What historical figure would you like to see in present day? Like would, would you think it would be cool to, to watch George Washington roam around the, the streets or, Oh, you know, uh, I am a, uh, Christian get him hopping man. on social. I, I'm a Christian media. man. So I would like to see the apostle Paul. I like Paul. I like that. So, good guy. so you want to yeah. see what Paul knocks out on his Facebook account well, every every day? I mean, is that, is that I think Apostle Paul would probably say, hey, quit worrying so much about making money and do other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> but he did write a lot of the Bible, so he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like it. I love it. All right, number three. What are you currently reading right now? Oh, uh, you know what? I got it right here. 50 things I, oh, okay. I was going to say the book with chapter 47 all about me. <laughs> Playing to Win by Jerry Jones. Oh. Just got it. Jerry so, Jones, isn't he the coach of that one horrible team? What was it? Um, yeah, he's place manager he, and an owner. Oh, okay. Hey, he's a billionaire, man, so he knows what oh, he's he doing. He knows what he's talking about. No, people give him grief, but my thing is if I'm in my 70s and I'm a billionaire, I'll be passing the football <laughs> if I want to. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, so, so you've got this Hummer and, and you like to take people in it and sing karaoke. So uh, wh- how do you rate your karaoke singing ability from one to 10? I only give myself a set, a six or seven, six and a wow. half. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty bold. That's right. pretty bold. Well, maybe I need to back it up now that you said that to a four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think six was bold. <laughs> so I did sing the other night in Nashville, uh, got up on stage 
the the band if you pay them twenty bucks, they would play any song. So I paid them another twenty to let me sing. They got and I did Bon Jovi. Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> Which one? That would be that would be a song I would sing. I'd I'll be there for you. Oh, okay, really. okay. Nice. I was hoping it was awesome. like living on a prayer. That would, you know, that's my that's, that's my old jam. school. That's guitar hero. Though. That's <laughs> there guitar. you go. Nice. Hey, Josh, Josh Dorkin, how would you rate your karaoke singing? Um, if, if I was singing Pearl Jam or Bon Jovi, it would be a 12. Oh, okay. yes. Wow. If I That's was not bold at all. anything else, <laughs> it would be a 1.5. All right. All right. So that sounds about right. All right. I do like country music though a lot. I do too. Well. I'm a, I'm yeah, a, that's that's good for you. I'm a country music guy. All right. Man, I'm small town, man. <laughs> I, I can't I can't stand it. That's because you're big city, like, you know. You got like I like some very very limited country. It just can't be too twangy or whiny. Yeah, no, me neither. I'm not real twangy type people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, right. All right, Brandon. Where is the last place you went on vacation? I think you mentioned Vegas. What were uh, you doing there? Well, you... that's this weekend. Okay, I'm going to okay. Vegas this weekend. Where was last? Place? Uh, Last vacation, we uh, went to Dominican Republic, Grand Turk, and Nassau, Bahamas. Nice. nice. Went, went to what, or what cruise line? You Carnival. Take? Okay. I've done Princess. I've not done Carnival. What did you do, Josh? Dorkin? You went on- uh, I don't remember. I just show up. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It's my family's 19th cruise. Oh, uh, yeah, you are cruisers. But when you have four kids, it's, it's actually cheaper, I think, to cruise than it is to yeah, go to a I, place. I would not disagree. All right, last question. What is your favorite guilty pleasure? Ooh, I, I guess playing cards. Uh, you know, I guess some people frown upon gambling, but I love playing Texas Hold'em tournament. And, and while I was on the cruise, you won't believe this. So I'm playing Texas Hold'em on the table game and hit a royal flush, and for a $10 bet, I won 5000 bucks. Woo, look at wow, you, man. That was That's pretty awesome. nice. Well, yeah, that was pretty nice. That's great. All, All right, right, Josh. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. The market is changing and finding your way can be tricky. Rates shift, headlines whirl, but your goal hasn't changed. You want financial freedom and the best investors know it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. If you're ready to get into the real estate investing game or take your game to the next level, finding an investor friendly agent is your next step. With BiggerPockets Agent Finder, you can find the right agent in minutes. Just head to biggerpockets.com deals and enter a few details about what and where you want to buy and bam! Instantly match with an investor-friendly agent who fits the bill. These local market experts can help you navigate the neighborhoods, analyze the numbers, and take action with confidence once and for all. This free resource is only available at biggerpockets.com deals. Get an agent, get the deal, and get closer to financial freedom at biggerpockets.com deals. That's biggerpockets.com deals to find your investor-friendly agent today. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.